Welcome to our Saturday simulcast Sunday night version with Tom Deanhart. I want to thank the Union Club Hotel. I, we're, you're going to get concurrent uh, Union Club sponsorships because Brian Newbert will be doing post-Minnesota uh, his uh, rap video as well. Boilermakers with a, what, a 20-point win over the Golden, 19-point win over the Golden Gophers this afternoon in Mackey Arena. Tom, uh, a busy weekend, a long weekend, a late night, all those things. Um, you know, Purdue as 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 the when the when the shoe drops, so to speak, Purdue ends up where we thought they would in yeah. in uh, Orlando to face LSU. Brian Kelly's uh, Tigers nine and four, and mm-hmm. uh, Purdue eight and five going into that game. I guess I just want to ask first, what was your initial reaction? We kind of thought this was coming, but yeah. it's an interesting matchup. Uh, depends who all plays and how many opt outs you have, but still an intriguing matchup. And 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 playing in the Citrus Bowl is a big deal for Purdue. They haven't been there since, won't have been there for 19 years by the time we get to January 2nd, 2023. I can't believe 19 years goes by so fast. That seems like it was yesterday. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a prestigious bowl out, and uh, the the highest pecking order Big Ten bowl outside of the New Year Six, right? You know, Jerry Palm told me they usually like taking nine win teams. Obviously, the Big Ten didn't have one available to them this year with Penn State getting uh, the Rose Bowl bid and the two the two playoff teams. So yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a pretty prestigious bowl. Of course, back in that day, Allen Purdue lost in overtime. It was the Capital One Bowl. Right. Now it's the Cheese It Citrus Bowl. And not to confuse people, but there also is a Cheese It Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> it's at the same venue, I don't know, a few days before. So nonetheless, yeah, I'm excited, Alan. Um, I understand, like you pointed out, who, who who's going to show up for yeah. both teams? Who know? My goodness. That, that's almost a month away, which seems like an eternity with what could happen in these rosters between now and January 2nd with opt-outs, guys hitting the portal. Who knows, Alan? So but let's just I I just want to focus on the name brand of LSU. Yeah. That should that should perk your ears up. And I love it, Alan. I love it. <clears throat> Purdue plays these these name brand schools. Uh they're the games I always remember, the games against Georgia, you know, like the games against USC at the Pixie Classic. <laughs> you know, even the games against Arizona and Oregon State and Oregon. I love it when they play power five teams. And here's LSU, my goodness, one of the top ten programs in the country typically every year. I don't need to explain their pedigree to the, the viewers, the listeners tonight. So I, I think it's cool as heck to get to measure yourself against a program like LSU, even if they may have a depleted roster. I don't care. It's going to be fun playing a name brand like LSU. Of course, Alan, they're coached by a familiar name in Brian Kelly, who just beat Purdue in 2021 as the Notre Dame coach. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, we talk about depleted rosters, and we don't know who's going to opt out on both sides. Still early, uh, to say the least. Um, but it also gives a great. The thing that's kind of now changes these bowl games a little bit is that it's now it's now an audition time for some of these. And certainly yeah. LSU's got talent uh, in second yeah. and third teams, and there's going to be guys on Purdue's team that are going to want to have their chance. We saw last year some guys really come to the fore for Purdue. Uh, you know, you know, so it is. It makes for a whole different dynamic, uh, just because you don't know exactly what you're going to see. We're we're what four weeks in uh, a day away from that game, and yet uh, that is uh, that is a, a storyline. Certainly, with LSU with that nine wins, beat Alabama. Certainly knocked Alabama out of the playoff without question. Um, lost late in the year, didn't play as well late in the year. Lost to Texas A&M down the stretch. Got beat by twenty 
in its uh, SEC championship game, and Jaden Daniels, their outstanding quarterback, Arizona State transfer, had an injury in that game. Don't know if you know. Again, we got a long time to go before this game, but it is a it is like you said, a brand name team uh, with a pedigree. And Brian Kelly is paying a boatload of money to win national championships there over time. One would think they're going to, that's their goal. So, you know, you've watched a lot of big time college football. This is, this is an opportunity to play against it. Nobody, even if you're not playing against all their stars, um, it's a team that's uh, going to put a good roster on the field. Yeah. You know, and there's no doubt, Alan, LSU was, is ahead of schedule, right? Yeah. Nobody expected them to win the SEC West this year, which they did. So, uh, they were a surprising team, and Brian Kelly really had to turn over his roster. And in modern football, we know you can do that with the portal, and he certainly did that with, with great aplomb. And, um, yeah, you know, I tell you what, uh, uh, you talked about the opportunity for some other players. I think last year, Allen with Sanusi Kane getting a start at cornerback, playing over 100 right. snaps. You remember Brock Thompson, of course, was the MVP after David Bell had opted out. That was a game, Allen, as you remember, you know, no George Karloffis, no David Bell. They opted out. You know, Branson Dean was was sick. You know, their offensive tackle, Greg Long, he was out as well. And and Diedrich Mackey, the cornerback who who Snoozy came played for, he was he was an academic casualty. Mer- Milton Wright didn't play. I mean, he's got a laundry list of great players, and Purdue still found a way to win that game, win that game in overtime, forty eight to forty five. So who knows, Alan? A lot of people say, "Oh, I don't want to play LSU. We're going to get blown out." Who knows? I mean, it's that, that that's the beauty of it. And Brian Kelly, back to him real quick, Alan. You know, he left Notre Dame for LSU for one reason. <clears throat> he won a lot of games in Notre Dame, Alan. He's the all-time yeah. newest coach. But you know what he figured out? It took him 12 years that he still is not going to win it all, even at Notre Dame. He can't get that level of athlete that he needs to be the Alabamas of the world, the Georgias of the world. That's why he went to LSU. He knows that LSU can get those type of athletes. And you can win national championships at LSU. And that's why he walked away from a great situation in South Bend to go to Baton Rouge. Again, the payoff came quick this year. They're like, like Purdue Allen. They're playing with house money at this point. They're not supposed to be here as West Division champs. Purdue certainly uh, was a long shot to get the Big Ten title game. It did, too. So these are two division champs who sort of exceeded expectations that I guess are looking for a jump start and even bigger things next year. Well, you know, you look about a bowl game and, and, and you hit the nail on the head. January 2nd, I don't care who you put out, your, your brand gets put out there. And that is a big deal because there's a lot of people watching football that day. Um, and uh, you get, you get, uh, you, yeah, you may be going head to head with it a little bit on the Outback Bowl earlier, and an hour, I think an hour earlier, but yeah. a lot of eyeballs on you for, for a lot, for much of that afternoon leading into the Rose Bowl. Uh, those kinds of things. It's it, no matter who you're putting on the field. It's important that they see that golden black uniform or that uh, purple and gold or whatever the whatever LSU's official colors are. That's a big deal for the program. It's hard to minimize that. And, you know, and this game for Purdue's on over-the-air televisions on ABC. Yeah. Right. The bowl in Tampa, the old Outback Bowl, the ReliaQuest Bowl is on cable. Right. Um, ESPN. Yeah. So that tells you the difference. If you're looking to to separate prestige, if you're on over-the-air network or a cable network, and again, this old Capital One Bowl, which is now the Cheez-It Bowl, uh, Citrus Bowl, is always the more prominent bowl. It's one of the biggest bowls that's not a New Year's Six Bowl that occurs on New Year's Day. And uh, it's got a prime spot. 
on over-the-air ABC television for a reason. And like you said, Alan, it's a great chance to, to market yourself as an institution and get your brand out there from coast to coast on, again, on ABC national over-the-air television. Well, and, and Jeff Brahma even talked about that yesterday after the uh, after the uh, Big Ten championship game. Sure, it was disappointing to, to, to lose, but he kept talking about what a great experience it was for his program. And I think that also is uh, is hard to hard to minimize um, in terms of uh, what you're trying to do. If you're Jeff Jeff Brom trying to build your brand, he's got to have some work to do next year. There's no question that Purdue's going to have uh, some challenges next year. Got a tough schedule to start out. You look at that first seven games, and they always say the bowl game is that first game of the next season to some extent, and that's that chance to set the tone. And Purdue's going to have a challenge in those seven games because. In those seven games to open up the season, I think Ohio State and Michigan are in there, uh, and Wisconsin, and you've got uh, you've got that. So that uh, I, I agree, that's going to be a be a I think a good thing for Purdue and a good thing to be on that uh, national television stage. You know that we go back to that 2004 game, Purdue battled back from what would have been the greatest comeback in Purdue history. They were down 24 to nothing to Georgia Tech got that game back into overtime, had a chance to win it down the stretch. And of course, uh, Georgia got the job done at the very end, but this is a, uh, uh, that was a great comeback. You remember Kyle Orton had a, had a finger injury, had to bring in Kyle Smith to throw the football one time, one pass in that game. I remember that game quite vividly, but uh, that's a big time, big time opportunity. And obviously with Walt Disney world and everything else that goes on down there, a, a a big thing. I want to get the last last thing before we let you go. Just on your impression of last night. Obviously, Purdue uh, fought hard. I thought um, made it a competitive game. A couple, you know, they would talk about seven plays to open the mm-hmm. second half. Really set the tone. Certainly, Michigan's really good. We saw that. Uh, but I thought Purdue, for the most part, uh, they absolutely they played hard, and I thought they they did some really good things offensively, especially. Yeah, you're right. I think what you said. Uh just moments ago about Michigan being a really good team. Yeah, that's really good. Jeff Brown said the same thing. You know, I asked him about having to settle for so many field goals, why they got bogged down in yeah. the red zone so often. Well, because Michigan's pretty good. Yeah, they yeah. are pretty good. They've done that to a lot of teams this year. That's why they're 13-0 and ranked number two in the country in the, in the playoffs. So, yeah, you're right. But you know what? But they, they moved the football, Alan. They outgained. They outgained Michigan. They had like 84 plays to like 50-some odd yeah. plays from Michigan. You know, typical move the ball between the 20s, but they couldn't, again, get the six points. They had to settle for the field goals too often, Alan. Five of them by Mitchell Fenron, which was, of course, a Big Ten title game record. And I, I'm sure, I know that tied a, a school record. The modern era, good. right. We had to change it. Yeah. E.C. Robertson against Rose Polly in 1900 had seven of them, Tom. But I'm guessing, I know field goals were a little bit different then, but yes, you're right. Yeah, five, I think, I think our old uh, West Lafayette Red Devil, Jonathan Briggs, had five in a game once uh, to go beat No, him. I think he tied, I, I don't mean to correct him, but I think it was Rick Anderson against Michigan State. Oh, was it? Okay. Jonathan but anyway, had four. They moved the ball and yes. uh, against a vaunted Michigan defense. A lot of positive things there, obviously, with the way they were able to get up, matriculate up and down the field. Just couldn't get touchdowns. Yeah. 14 to 13 in halftime. You love where Purdue was at. Only a one-point deficit. But, Allen, first play of the second half, you know, Donovan Edwards hits around the left end for a 60-yard run. The pretty D-back was right there to make the tackle. Didn't make it. And off and away, Michigan was. Allen, they, they outscored Purdue. I think it was 29 to 9. 
in the second half. So uh, they just sort of imposed their will on Purdue after a while. And again, trading field goals for touchdowns wasn't going to work. And and just just a powerhouse Michigan program. They even have Blake Corn playing the best running back in yeah. the game. Hats off to JJ McCarthy. He can extend. He's really good. He's good. You know, Ronnie yeah. Bell, good tight end. On and on you go with the plaudits from Michigan. They're going to get to going in an even bigger stage here. Uh, I think against Texas Christian. So we'll see how they do against Sonny Dykes' team here uh, uh, coming up shortly here in about a month or so. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, last comment, J.J. McCarthy, really good. Jaden Daniels, if assuming he's healthy, assuming he plays, also really athletic quarterback for LSU that, that caused uh, Alabama some trouble. Uh, this is going to be a similar situation. I was really impressed with McCarthy. I thought he had his yeah. scrambling ability was – uh Elway-esque kind of not maybe not the same kind of arm I maybe I don't know I can't I'm not good at evaluating those things but I just thought he was really and he didn't throw it all that often they didn't you know they did they they were they picked and yeah. chose their spots uh and um and he had a couple drops in there where he'd had some really big numbers yeah Illinois I mean not Illinois LSU's I think a five-point favorite as of right now <clears throat> no idea what they're basing that on given so much uncertainty around these rosters I'm sure but I'm sure that line will change I'm sure LSU will always remain a favorite. Probably is just going to depend on how big of a number that is by the time we get to January 2nd. All right, Tom, uh, you have been uh, doing yeoman's duty and then so with little to no sleep. Uh, we appreciate that. We will be, I guess we'll have tomorrow. We'll hear a little bit more from Jeff Brom at 10 o'clock yeah, and o'clock. some reporting there. I know they'll be out recruiting here in the near term. Jeff said his team is going to take a little bit of a break as well. Yeah, we they were, yeah, they're, they're on the road recruiting today, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know Jeff Brom was in Kentucky with several other coaches. So they're visiting commitments. And uh, again, the big thing for for viewers to obviously they they, they, know, they know this too, you know the transfer portal. Probably going to see some boilermakers hitting it here as soon as Monday. How many? There's all types of speculation out there, so keep that on your radar. Producers obviously going to have to add transfers as well. And December is just a real busy month with guys coming and going through the portal. And then of course December 21st, I believe, is the first day for for uh, high school kids. Well. So yeah. just a lot going on in December, in addition to all the bull preparations for the football team, too. Yeah, no rest for the weary, but we appreciate your effort. Okay, well, we, we will put an end to this uh, Zoomcast. Uh, we appreciate the Union Club Hotel, the 811 Bistro Boiler Up Bar. And Tom and I need to go down and have a good cup of coffee done. They have good, yeah. really good coffee there as well. And they're uh, at, at uh, the, near the 811 uh, bar as well. So thanks uh, again. We'll see you. And uh, yeah, we'll be on probably next week. We'll have a little uh, Saturday simulcast uh, to talk uh, football, basketball, and then some, of course, Purdue, Purdue men's basketball. I think we'll be at Nebraska next week on uh, on Saturday. So have a great week, everybody. A lot to, lot to look at on the site. If you haven't subscribed, first, make sure that you uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. But also, if you want to become a member of goldenblack.com for one whole dollar, you can do so. We've had, we can say truthfully, we've had thousands take over because of, because of Tom Deanhart and Brian Newbert. We appreciate mm-hmm. that. That's, and we're going to have, uh, and that number will continue to grow because uh, that offer will not be going on forever. So make sure you take advantage of that. So, all right, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for watching or li- listening as Brian always says, or however you process our information, we appreciate you out there and, uh, and we're getting close to the holiday season. So uh, it's December. Uh, we'll all be getting ready for that. So have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much.